0: Hello, and welcome to the first episode of the Miles Olsen Podcast. Today's episode is our Halloween episode. I've got a couple scary stories to share and uh, some insights to draw from them. So, without any further ado, let us begin. So, This first story takes place when I was 18 years old. It's actually probably a week or so before my 19th birthday. And I was hitchhiking across Canada with my friend Daniel at the time. And we got, we were about halfway across the country uh, when we got dropped in the town of Winnipeg, Manitoba. We were heading from the West Coast to the East Coast. And... I don't know how long it took us to get to Winnipeg, but by the time we got there, we were pretty battered and weather-worn from a grueling trip uh, across western Canada. And uh, some wonderful, benevolent soul had picked us up and drove us a few hours and dropped us in a pretty seedy neighborhood of Winnipeg. And they gave us the kind of ominous warning before they dropped us off that Winnipeg was the murder capital of Canada and that we should kind of uh, keep to ourselves and watch ourselves. (laughs) So um, we didn't know a lot about Winnipeg, but that was one of the things, one of the pieces of information delivered to us upon our arrival. We get dropped off in in this area. We didn't really know where we were in Winnipeg, but our ride did tell us, you walk that way to get out of town, to to get to the east side where you're going to want to hitchhike out of town. Um, Now, we got dropped off after the sun had set. It was getting late. It was getting dark. So we knew we were just going to have to find somewhere to crash for the night. And In the neighborhood where we got dropped, that basically meant finding a little safe place to roll out our sleeping bags and sleep, a park or some bushes. Uh, There was no hostel, there was not even a motel or hotel in this area. It was all very residential, just neighborhoods. Um, So we just start walking and kind of faithfully hoping to find something. And then, lo and behold, there's this forested area. We seem to have gotten to the edge of town and there's this little forested wooded area. And it is definitely not a park. That's, That's obvious as we see it because... as as we walk into it, it's obvious it's not a park because it's not, it's not maintained. It's kind of, um, shabby. It is a forest. It's a very young forest of, uh, I think Aspen or poplar trees, you know, the kind of like thin, tall trees that, um, create kind of, um, like a haunted forest feeling or something, you know, they, they weren't, uh, you know, they weren't coniferous trees. These weren't, like, friendly Christmas trees. It was kind of a Blair Witch Project forest kind of vibe. Um, anyhow, we walk in, and we're just excited to be able to pick our backpacks off and just lay down and sleep. We're so exhausted. And um, there's a there's a little abandoned cabin in this forest that we stumble upon, but uh, it's way too scary for us to think of even going close to let alone going inside just the way that it it, it's like a very dilapidated um like it was really like rotting into the ground and dark and ominous and the way that its vibe matched with the vibe of the forest was just like whoa we're not even going near this cabin um, we don't even really want to like stop and look at it for too long because it looks like a uh, a a scary haunted cursed sight. Um, but we're pretty tired, so we, we walk a you know a little bit away, you know a minute or two, and then we just are like, let's just camp. Let's. I had a tent, a little tent in my backpack, so we pop that up, um, go into it, unroll our sleeping bags, and lay down. And just the fading light of dusk is uh, kind of glowing in the forest as we lay down in our sleeping bags. We're both looking up at the um, the walls or the roof of the little tent, and we see all of these ticks, like dozens and then dozens more, and then like hundreds of ticks are crawling all over the, out- the exterior of the tent and it is a rather terrifying sight. Uh neither of us are used to being around this kind of uh thing. Neither you know ticks are creepy, they're terrifying and we're both just like holy shit. Um we should check ourselves and each other for ticks and make sure that zipper on the tent is really tightly closed because we're in a forest that's completely infested with ticks and it's absolutely terrifying. So uh you know, we check ourselves for ticks, we seem like we're okay, and um you can like hear the ticks on the tent if I remember correctly. there was a lot of them, and it was gross and terrifying <laughs> so that's that's the the vibe when we fall asleep, um but we're so exhausted we do fall asleep, um, but in the middle of the night, I don't know how much later I am awakened by this all-encompassing demonic shrieking that is resonating all around and through the forest. I couldn't pinpoint which direction it's coming from. It just feels like this like 10 out of 10 on the volume level of surround sound demonic shriek. It peaks and subsides and peaks and subsides, but I'm frozen in terror and uh, paralyzed in fear. And I just, the shrieking doesn't stop. And as I get more awake, as I, you know, kind of come fully into waking consciousness, um, I just realize this is it. This is the end. You know, you don't hear that demon shriek resonating through a haunted forest um with that that cabin and the ticks it's all coming together now (laughs) like um you don't hear that kind of demon shrieking in surround sound and expect yourself to live to see another day it's simple math in my mind it was just like so obvious I'm dead. I'm done. It's over. There's a demon. It's the devil. Whatever it is, there's some kind of evil spirit demon incarnate that is here. And I am powerless before it. Um, And I am, this is it. There was no sentimentality. There was no like um, reflecting on the things I liked about my life or the things I wished I had done. Just pure, paralyzed terror. The crazy thing is, this shrieking just continued. I didn't have a watch or a phone or anything at the time, so I have no idea how long it, it actually was, but it felt like hours. Um, and eventually, at one point, Daniel, who is in the exact same state as I am, laying there paralyzed in fear beside me, he says, Do you, do you hear that noise? And I respond by saying, of course I fucking hear that noise. Shut up. You know, I'm like, he's, he's trying to just like see if I'm also aware of the demon that has possessed the forest and is about to kill us. And I'm thinking, shut up, man. The demon is going to hear you. Why would you talk right now? There's a demon that's possessed this forest. <laughs> so so he, he falls silent. And both of us are having the exact same process. We're both certain that there's a demon or a banshee or some spirit that is going to—we're done. Our lives are over. Again, it was a simple arithmetic. You don't hear this kind of demon shrieking all around you and expect to live another day. And so we both kind of just laid there in the paralysis of knowing we are done. It's over. It's over. There's a demon. And we're dead. And, and, and it just keep, keeps on going. The screaming does not stop. It doesn't abate. It just keeps on going. And then slowly, a little f- glimmer of early morning light starts to filter into the forest. And both of us are kind of sleep-deprived and just, like, delirious from fear. And, and as light starts to grow and the, the dawn... Kind of pours into the forest and it gets lighter and brighter. Eventually, it slowly dawns upon both of us that we decided to camp in a forest that is directly beside a train yard. And the noise we've been hearing all night is the terrible, excruciatingly loud noise of train cars screeching to a halt on railroad ties. And for many hours, that had created the illusion that, uh, that we were both going to be taken from this earth by a demonic spirit. And there was no, no two ways about it. So there's another story I want to tell. And this is a second-hand story. Another, uh, another ghost story. And this one comes from an author named Michael Talbo. Michael Talbo... Um, was an author. He wrote a book that's somewhat famous called The Holographic Universe. And he passed away um, within a couple of years after that book was published in the early 90s, I believe. I saw an interview with Michael Taubo, um, a number of years ago, though, because I was kind of fascinated with him. I thought he was a very interesting, unique, and handsome, charismatic individual. And uh, he told a story during this interview about. Um, This poltergeist that had followed him throughout his entire life. And at the time, I didn't know what a poltergeist was. I'd heard about it. I think there's a a horror film or a TV series called Poltergeist when I was a kid. And uh, Michael Tabo explained that a poltergeist in this instance was um, a spirit, entity, or phenomena, like a supernatural phenomenon, where, um, for example, if you're sitting. In a house by yourself, and some for somehow a kitchen cupboard door opens and a plate is taken out of the cupboard and smashes on the counter, or you're sitting in a in a home by yourself, and all of a sudden the uh, the bathroom door slams shut, but there's no windows open there's no breeze to account for that you know it's that kind of weird um Something is fucking around with things, <laughs> phenomena, which I I haven't experienced personally, but uh, I guess a lot of people have enough for it to have a name: poltergeist. And Michael Talbot explained that throughout his life, this was always a phenomena that followed him around wherever he went. This poltergeist, this trickster spirit that would, um, you know, flip a table over and smash all the all the dishes that were on it when he was in the other room and he was in the house alone. This kind of stuff, doors slamming shut when there's no one around, um, uh, a bunch of keys on the piano being hit, done, when there's no one but him in the house. These kind of things would happen, and as he became an adult and he, he started to pay attention to like when and why does this arise, and he noticed that it would always come up when he was in a state of great emotional distress, uh, internal turmoil. And there was one particular occasion where it happened, and he had been really uh, doing a lot of um, personal exploration into spirituality and metaphysics and such. And one night the poltergeist arrived, and he was in a state of emotional disrepair and tumultuousness. And he's sitting in the apartment by himself, and all of a sudden, it happens. The keys on the piano go, DUN! And he's sitting there, and he's terrified. He's fucking terrified. Uh, you know, and I don't know what else it did. Maybe it, like, flipped a table over or slammed a cupboard shut, and he's thinking, Fuck! God, what the fuck is going on? And he's terrified, as, as most of us would be. And then he has this, this insight, this moment of revelation, where he realizes, Wait a minute this thing is my fear, this thing gains, it's whatever this is, it, it, it exists in correlation or in relation with my fear, and he has this moment of realization, and then he does some kind of inner gymnastics, and the way that I remember it, and I probably remember it incorrectly, But this is what happens when you retell a story. It changes. (laughs) Um, It's like he sat there in the dark and realized that this was his fear connected to this poltergeist thing that would fuck around and smash uh, glasses and flip tables and bang on the piano and get knives to, like, fling out of the cupboard. Um, He realized it was connected to his fear, and then he sat there and burned in... In the way that I would imagine some, if, if someone was afraid of the dark and they realized that their fear is owning them and that the way of of owning the fear is to turn off the lights and sit there and burn and let that fear part squirm and realize that the dark is okay. It has to sit there and squirm and squirm and squirm until all of a sudden... The part that knows the dark is okay is proven right and the fear that believes the dark is not okay is proven wrong um and in that way the fear is owned instead of the fear owning the individual he did something to that effect with this poltergeist he he just realized wait a minute you're not separate from me you're part of me you're a phenomena that arises from my emotions. Well, fuck my fear. Fuck you. And after that, the poltergeist went away forever. The poltergeist never came back once he made that connection that, wait a minute, you're a part of me. I'm not afraid of you if you're me. How can I be afraid of you if you're me? And the poltergeist went away. Or maybe it just changed. I have one final story. I was probably 26 when this story happened. I was living in a cabin in the woods. I was living alone. All of the friends I had built the cabin with had left. So, this is a period of my life where I was living in solitude in the cabin and I was doing a little, I was getting a little more adventurous in the way I was exploring my emotions and meditation and inner work. And so some interesting things started to happen with all this time alone in the woods. And uh, one night, I was uh, falling asleep in the cabin. And uh, all of a sudden, I was, I was half asleep, and uh, I noticed a hand, a woman's hand on the inside of my thigh. And I thought, ho, ho, this is pretty hot. This is sexy. I like where this is headed. And then all of a sudden, I realized, wait a minute, I'm alone right now. Whose hand is on my thigh? And then, in an instant, I felt this like immense pressure on my chest, like some entity was crushing down on me and choking me and suffocating. And the terror I felt was so incredibly intense. I felt like I was struggling for my very life against this evil spirit um and, and it was just a struggle to eke out the tiniest fragment of a breath. I, w- I was suffocating, or I was being suffocated. Uh, it felt so very real, and I just had to fight, 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 fight with all of my strength, and then eventually I could start to breathe again. I don't know how long that lasted for, um, but the terror was as intense as terror gets. I thought, you know, I thought something's on top of me killing me. That's pretty scary. I talked to my uh, friend and mentor at the time, Kevin. I told him about this a couple days later, and he thought, Miles, I think you fucked up, man. I think your fear got in the way of what might have been a very interesting experience otherwise. I I didn't probe too deep into this, but I think I understood what he was saying. There was something going on. You know, I felt a hand on my inner thigh. was that a a sexy spirit that had visited me, and we could have had some good times together, but because my fear does there's a part of me that is wired to not be okay with um just spontaneously hooking up with spirits randomly, <laughs> like out of nowhere, just in my cabin in the woods um so my fear kicks in, 10 out of 10, panic, anxiety. And um, Kevin felt that that was what the suffocation was. It was my own fear smothering um, an expansion, some kind of expanded experience. Um, and I've since heard people talk about sleep paralysis and out-of-body experiences, and the, one of the... the um, the first things that a person goes through when they're exploring out-of-body experiences, uh, which might have been what I was slipping into um, accidentally that evening, uh, is a form of paralysis. And if you experience that paralysis and go into fear, then you will have an episode that people describe as sleep paralysis, where it feels like something is crushing your chest, you can't breathe, and... It's just this primal terror um, experience slash response. Um, and if you don't feel the fear, then there's a possibility for some other very interesting things um, for your consciousness to experience and explore from that launching point. So, I guess in all of these stories, the emergent theme is fear. And, uh, and the mastery of our fear, man, oh man, it really is a, really is a worthwhile endeavor, isn't it? Because it is, it is through that that our nightmares are revealed to be comedies or stories of courage or opportunities for transcendence. What is more enjoyable than finding out what you thought was a nightmare was a joke what you thought was a demon was your own fear or what you thought was a demonic possession was your own fear so much so much of what we think is real is our fear and so much of what scares us is just us but uh there's still scary shit that happens it's just that Probably a lot of it has to do with our own fears and the fears of others. Well, that's all, you guys. I think uh, this is probably a pretty unique uh, episode of my podcast because they're not all just going to be ghost stories. But hey, um, it's kind of fun. I wish you a a wonderful Halloween. And uh, may your fears be greeted with courage, clarity, joy, love, and laughter. Until next time. Thank you for listening. Bye now.